Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 64th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is brought to you by Meeples and Milkshakes. You can find them in-store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Mm-hmm. So, 64th episode. Um, we were just talking just before this episode, trying to think of what we could talk about, um, kind of like for the early part of this episode our our quick (laughs) ramble and we were just discussing that we've uh learned once we put two and two together that we won't be going to any um cons this year cons at all in 2023 as of right now um none because because the tctc the terminal city Mm -hmm. um we were all we had our tickets bought ready to go and then our uh son ended up with Hockey playoffs. Hockey playoffs that so, they ended up, you know, going very far. Toss in. up, but we couldn't miss the hockey playoffs. Yeah. But then we were thinking, oh, well, and we, well, I kind of knew in the back of my head yeah. that Shucks in Vancouver wasn't going to happen because that was the rumor going around while we were there in, yeah. in 2022. Uh, but but it then was it was confirmed, official. yeah, in the last couple of days, the Shut Up and Sit Down crew said that it is officially not happening in 2023, but they expect to come back bigger and better than ever in 2024 apparently. I hope so so, so uh, yeah but yeah it just that's kind of a sad thing to, oh it it was a bummer to realize that yeah it's a total bummer the two cons that we go to like um yeah annually always and we're going to neither of them this yeah. year so who knows yeah. maybe one will pop up that we can maybe because i don't make. know them anymore i think well there's the tune con we missed that in saskatoon yeah. and that was february uh, February, March. I could be just totally making that up. <laughs> it's somewhere <laughs> but there. But I feel like yeah. it was around there. Because the the Saskatoon guys mm-hmm. were at that one, uh, Norm and Ryan. And um, I yeah, thought there's, I remember there's one them, in Calgary. Uh, yeah, I think I remember them saying something about one in Calgary. So I might look that up. I can't remember what that one is. And I want to say it's in August. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So maybe we can go to that. That'd be cool. I but, would like to get to at least one gone yeah. <laughs> this year just sad that we won't go to either our I two know. favorites right so yeah, yeah. two so, favorites it's the only ones i've been to <laughs> yeah so they are my favorites but it's all i know <laughs> one of these years we'll we'll take a trip to like um dice tower west and go to yeah, vegas or uh i went to bgg once but then yeah you i think you'd really like that one yeah or gen con or uh well any of these you went to bgg things. con and all i heard about was this delicious barbecue that you got oh, to yeah. eat <laughs> bgg con in uh dallas texas oh my goodness yeah yeah the texas barbecue <laughs> was ridiculous <laughs> they had to, they had to put it they, they couldn't even have it in a commercial area it had or it had to be in the industrial area the barbecue place not the, the barbecue. con just yeah. so y'all know <laughs> yes yeah no the con was at the uh hotel at the yeah. airport yeah but yeah, the smoke was so crazy from those those barbecue pits that they weren't even allowed in commercial areas. Yeah, that's bonkers. So crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, delicious. So I remember hearing that. Hopefully we can get to a con um, this summer of some sort. Yeah. But yeah, bummer. Um, but we are going to talk about a couple new games we got. What game uh, do you have over there? Yeah, I got Bamboo. So this game is designed by I always I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's it's spelled German, but I think it's Hermann Hermann P Milan. So if I'm saying it That's wrong, probably right. You know, um, art by Jonathan Cantero and published by Devere. Yep. Uh, I've been really digging um, the Devere games I've been playing mm-hmm. lately, and um, this one Bamboo is part of the Kamushi saga. I didn't realize that until I was looking into it um, before. Uh, before we bought it but um yeah it, there's um silk and um, Botoku are mm-hmm. the other two and so there's silk Botoku, and bamboo i have not played silk um but i Neither really I. like Botoku. i don't think i've ever even seen the game I, i'm not even sure i do when I, I looked it up when i realized it was part of this saga and mm. i was like oh i remember looking at that one but i haven't i don't know what it's about um I'd imagine silkworms or like making silk or something, but yeah, I could be I totally wrong. Uh, but this is bamboo. So you're all, uh, as far as I understand, you're just trying to, you're like a bamboo farmer, cultivating it to, you know, have good trade, provide for your family, build things. You're you're focusing on, you know, like cooking and um, building and, and things like that. And yeah, if it's anything in like 
Like I, I'd imagine being in a saga, they're not going to have, it's not going to be the same type of games. They're going to oh, no. be very different. No. Um, but it's got the same kind of color palette as mm-hmm. Botoku and, um, but it looks neat. I, I wanted to say it maybe looked a little bit lighter than Botoku, but then it's got on here, I think, age 14 plus. Oh, wow. And um, they Didn't say, say that nine, long 90 time? to 110, yeah. 120 minutes. So it looked lighter, but I'm thinking maybe not. If yeah. it's That's a long play count. Like, a, that's a long game. So, um, yeah. I'm, And it's funny because I was thinking, too, it's a small box. It's pretty heavy when you lift it up. It's got a nice heft to it. But Botoku is in this big, normal size, big box. But this is like maybe a third of the size of the box. Mm -hmm. It's quite small. Yeah. And so, but it's one of those probably got a big, massive game in this. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's Bamboo by Devere. We have another Devere game that I really want to play that we haven't got to yet. That's the Lacrimosa. Yeah. yeah. I I haven't played Luna Capital either. No, we have that too. Like, and I played we do. That and I, Jeez, right. I'm, I really have been mm-hmm. liking the Devere games I've played. So yeah, we've got a few, a few on the table. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We just need more time. It's really what it comes down to it. We're we've so, talked so many times that we need to take a month off. And I, yeah, that's, that's like our dream. Like, oh, just so we didn't have to work for for a month and we could just right. play games all day. <laughs> like all our teacher friends, they just get to take two months <laughs> off. It's crazy to me. They need <laughs> but, it, but yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could too. <laughs> oh yeah, I could use it. But yeah, yeah. no, that one does look cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree. Devere stuff is great. So. All right. What That's you awesome. got? I have over here a game that I pre-ordered. This one is a game that was recommended to me by several people on Twitter over the last few years. I think this game came out in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Bamboo is 2023, so that's a that's a new one. Yeah. But that one, I remember seeing that um, for a long time, just in mm. the, on the pre-orders for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, this one just came on pre-orders um, at Meeple's um not too long ago like i want to say maybe early new early in this year yeah was I it think. a second run of pre-orders yeah maybe? i think yeah. so and it's um so what game is it it's monumental oh yeah sorry yeah, yeah. Gotten to um, yeah. <laughs> monumental uh this one's from designer matthew dunston art uh by a whole bunch of people um and published by fun forge well and it's this gotta one, be a good game it's got yeah, fun in the name <laughs> right <laughs> This one was recommended to me by several people saying like, because they know uh, kind of things I like, my taste in this area control kind of civilization game. Um, Yeah. And they're like, man, have you played Monumental? I'm like, no, no. They're like, well, this one's right up your alley. So as soon as I saw it come on the pre-orders on Meeples, I was like, oh, for sure. And it came in, I don't know, a week ago or so. And yeah, this one looks awesome. Um, So you basically are taking control of like, a uh, well here i'll read this a here. faction of history yeah it's it's yeah <laughs> like exactly like samurais or or like a pharaoh ancient looks Egypt like pharaohs yeah. and so forth but here it says in monumental each player will control a civilization that will evolve through uh it says his city but <laughs> whoever's city uh, a grid of three by three cards coming out from the player's starting civilization deck that can each be activated to gather various resources such as science, military, production, culture, and gold that will allow them to trigger many actions. But there's a trick. One cannot activate all their actions at once, which means that tough choices will have to be made each turn in order to select the cards that are most needed. Um, so yeah, this is a Civ game, territory control. Um, yeah, and you're, and you're building like monuments and... And you're just kind of trying to become the best civilization sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. It's got a modular board. Um, the board is made up of provinces that are to be conquered, unoccupied provinces, inhabitants, and barbarians who will uh, provide resources to their players who defeat them. Holding a conquered province also brings victory points. So this is, yeah, it's victory point driven. And yeah, it looks really cool. Um and I, it yeah, does that's look interesting. I really know about it. It's, it says I it's imagine. one to four players. And the community says it's best at uh, two to three. Um, this plays 90 to 120 minutes. And yeah, it says it age 14 plus as well. But not only did we get this one, we also got the expansion <laughs> for Because why it, not? Um, called Lost Kingdoms. And I think it's called the Civilization Box. 
And it adds um, up. Uh, it, it it can increase to a, a fifth player. It says um, cool. now you can play as four new civilizations: the Amazons, the Atlanteans, the Aztecs, and the Moguls. This expansion also includes unique new terrain tiles, deserts, jungles, islands, and Aztec pyramids, and allows you to add the fifth player to your games. Now so. I want to watch Atlantis again. Atlantis? Yeah. The Disney movie? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a really so good movie. So good. Um, but yeah, this one is cool. It's been highly recommended to me, so uh, by more than one person. So thank and you for the recommendation. We're yeah, excited I can't remember to play who it. it was. I tried to look back and I just can't find it. Oh, how could you search anything on that feed? That's, no, not There's easily. so much, right? <laughs> I did try though. But yeah, in this one, there's you can be, it looks like samurais in the original one, pharaohs. Looks like Romans. Uh, looks like, like yeah, Romans, yeah. sort of barbarians. Um, I can't really tell. And it doesn't actually list it on the box, uh, which exact ones you can be. But yeah, looks cool. I'm... Uh, I'm excited to play it. Definitely. We're going to play this one soon, I think. And, um, well, we'll see. I was going to say soon, like all of the other we ones. We have all these Kickstarters coming in <laughs> yeah. right now. It's, it's just crazy. All the things that we backed basically during the pandemic are yeah. all starting to show up all at the same time. And we've done a few unboxings of those as yeah. well. So one that we did. Oh, we did an unboxing of what just came the oh, other yeah. day was the uh, Galactus. Galactus. Um, I want to say mini, but he is not no, a mini. It's a two foot tall yeah. mini that came from the Marvel Zombies yeah. uh, Kickstarter. We got the Galactus showed up here a couple days ago. So we did do an unboxing of that as well. So huge. there's a cool video on our YouTube channel of us unboxing that if you want to check that out. Uh, but we did, I've got um, so many uh, yeah. confirmations of, of uh, shipping <laughs> that's going on right now that we have like 10 games on route right now. So they keep coming in the door. Yep. <laughs> it's cool. It's like you kind of forget, you know, yeah. like you buy these things so long ago and then now they kind of show up and it, it's just yeah. kind of like a surprise because it's been so long. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Now we just got to play them all. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we will. It's just... We will, but it's, <laughs> my goodness, it's difficult. But yeah. Monumental and Bamboo, two cool new games that we added to our collection. But I think we need to head on over to our next segment, which is going to be our crowdfunding segment, because I have an exciting game to talk about over there and another update about another update we made <laughs> last week on a, a, a game that we'd backed before. So let's head on over to the crowdfunding segment right now. Alrighty then, here we are at our crowdfunding segment of the episode where I have an exciting game I want to talk about. Um, this uh, is currently on GameFound right now, and this is a, um, a a campaign for three games yeah. that are were, were out of print and are now coming back into print. And these three games are all from David Thompson. Um, and they are kind of a line of games that had to do with uh, various uh, scenarios or situations that happened, or events, I should say, that took place during World War II. I believe they're all three are from World War II. But there's one in particular that I've been trying to get my hands on for a long time. Um, and that game is Pavlov's House. Um, so this, yeah, again, is designed by David Thompson. And uh, it's from Dan Versen Games. And this is a, uh, it's a solo game, but you can play solo, you can play um, two player, or you can play competitive. But it was designed as a solo game, but then th I think it was, the other stuff yeah. was added on. Is this the one, this is the one Norm told you about? Yes. So yeah. this one Norm told me about, said I would love it, and I've read all about it, yeah, but here's a little blurb like about this one in particular, Pavlov's House. Pavlov's house was a fortified apartment building used as a strong point by the Soviet 62nd Army during a pivotal battle of Stalingrad in World War II. Soviet defenders held out for almost two months from a constant German assault. The building's name was drawn from Yakov, Pavlov, Yakov Pavlov's, a sergeant who led the initial storm group assault that resulted in the capture of the building from the Germans. The story of Pavlov's house was a key piece of Soviet propaganda and was used as a symbol of the incredible resilience of the Soviet forces during the Battle of Stalingrad. 
In Pavlov's house, you take control of the valiant defenders of the strong point. You also control the key leaders throughout the Soviet 62nd Army that made the defense of Pavlov's house possible. The goal of Pavlov's house is to last until the defenders of Pavlov's house, why did I say Pavlov's house a lot, <laughs> are tasked with storming a key German gunpoint during the Battle of Stalingrad. In the game, this is depicted by playing through a deck of cards representing elements of the German 6th Army. So yeah, you can play solitaire, two-player, co-op, or competitive, where one of you is one side and one of you is the other. And this game just sounds tremendous to me. And everything that... Uh, that uh, david thompson does i absolutely love yeah um so this one's gonna be no different i kind of want to get all three because there's two more that go with this yeah uh this is very expensive yeah um and i'm not sure if i want that's always such a rough part when they especially when they're doing reprints when they haven't been out of when they've been out of print for so long and they're not easily accessible that's the thing it's such a (sighs) the other two there's two more that are on this campaign there's castle itter um, which seems, what is it here? Um, uh, it was, it's like a tank, um, uh, a battle that involved tanks, I believe. And there is also Lanzarath Ridge. A battle of Lanzarath Ridge was fought on December 16th, 1944. First day of the battle of the bulge. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, I want, I don't know much about those other two, but the mm-hmm. Pavlov house really, really... Um, sounded awesome to me. I love the defending like ab- yeah. against insurmountable odds sort of su- uh, sort of deal. Yeah. But they're all, um, I mean, they're not bad, but to get all three, each one is, uh, each one is uh, like $60 American uh, yeah. each. You can get all three for 160 American, but that'll be like close to 300 bucks and when you include shipping uh, and plus shipping yeah. for these these games right so currently right now i've just backed pavlov's house which yeah. will be about 85 canadian um and uh we're i'm kind of just on that right now i'd really like to get the other two we'll see how much we'll time see. is left in that one uh there is ooh, i think it was like 10 days left six days so we got oh make no up our no minds. 11 days sorry oh. 11 days left as of this recording and we're on the 25th, 25th May 25th. Of May right now. So yeah, 10, 11 days left. So um, early June. I'll make a decision. We're certainly getting Pavlov's house and we'll see about the other two. But yeah, I, David Thompson stuff, everything <laughs> he does that has to do with uh, like World War II. Uh, I mean, that's his wheelhouse. Yeah. Right? So yeah, love it. Can't wait to get it. Super excited. They're making another printing of it and we'll see about the other two. So, yeah, that's Pavlov's House from Dan Versen Games, currently on GameFound. Um, what were you looking at over there? I had one that I am just intrigued by. There are, uh, there are, nine, there are 19 days left in this campaign, so I think it's fairly new. Mm-hmm. And this is on GameFound as well. And that uh, is the Carson City Big Box. So it's Ooh. another one of those big boxes. But it's, uh, I guess they've just had a lot of, it's from Xavier George. So they, they've had a lot of requests for um, a second printing because it's, again, one of those games that you can't really find anymore. Right. And so they decided to, to send it out again. And this one's got, they've added in... Um, a much requested custom insert. So they're working with the people that help them do the Carnegie insert and mm-hmm. they're going to um they're gonna make it so that you can get all components for all expansions and everything in the one box and that it'll make setup a lot easier. Right. And um a revised rule book and player aids, as well as a brand new solo mode that will offer you quite the challenge, it says. Hmm. So Honestly, I don't, I've, I've heard of the game a lot. I'm assuming it looks like a cowboy game. Um, I mean, Carson City, Cowboys, right? So, um, and it's Xavier George, so it's going to be probably a, a heavier, thinkier kind of game. But then again, like Carnegie was, there's a lot to Carnegie, Carnegie. but it wasn't, it, it was, it's one of those games that. Once you got, once you figured out how to play, it wasn't that complicated. No. It's just figuring out which way you want to go. Yeah, and, those and, the Carnegie was kind of like um, I expected it to be heavier than it was. Yeah, and I, I grasped it fairly easily. Yeah. So, so if yeah. Carson City's anything like that, I'm I'm intrigued because I quite enjoyed 
enjoy Carnegie. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. They've got, you can get, and it's interesting, they're offering wood or cardboard because mm-hmm. I guess it was split. Some people really liked the wood. Some people really liked the cardboard pieces. Right. So, um, they're doing that. They said it probably will be available on their, uh, like their web store after, but they just limited copies and they don't know how, how much, but excuse me, there's going to be, yeah, it's just goes over kind of what's in the big box um these components look so cool they have the little little meeples um these little combat dice look cute just all call it different colored dice and it looks cool um i'm just wanting to try the price on that's what i'm trying to find i'm on my phone so i can't okay here we go the cardboard so the cardboard pack edition is 75 euros okay yep um and then the did i miss one i did no they have an upgrade box for existing owners so if you're just getting the box right. it's 35 euros and then the cardboard is the 75 euros they've got a retailer pledge and then the wood pack is 95 euros hmm. and so oh man really yeah Oof. but it's a big box right it's those ones that are going to be yeah. You know, and they've got add-ons. Um, they've got Carnegie, the deluxe edition. They got metal um, metal coins and round counters, mm-hmm. solo expansion pack. They've got a Father Christmas promo <laughs> character. <laughs> and so they got some characters on there. Um, those custom combat dice, those dice look so cool. They're a little, they look like almost flower, little flowers that are, um, have, it's almost like the petals are the pips. And so oh, and the petals are kind of colored in. Oh, yeah. They look nice. Yeah. They they look really cool. Um, So then you've... Yeah. It looks like they have little tiles, almost carcassonne with like, the rivers on them. Right. And... But yeah. So they have different... Uh, a lot of different add-ons and, and upgrades that, um, that you can get. But that's Carson City, the big box. And I'm really intrigued to go look into that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Yeah. I've never played it. I Me don't neither. think... I haven't played it, but I I like the cowboy theme and I like the I guess not cowboy the Wild West so like yeah. the that theme and mm-hmm. um yeah so I don't know I'm excited about to look into that one a little bit more yeah, it sounds cool and we have one more thing to talk about here so two episodes ago we first discussed uh, seismic uh, that yes. was on Kickstarter from Starreach Games and it's this big ridiculous. Uh, it's big is it your huge <laughs> game with all these gigantic minis and um and the the world is falling apart and you're trying to leave the world before it falls apart and it's just the coolest biggest game around um but they only had a couple different pledge levels back when we first looked at it where there was like uh kind of a retail version which was just kind of cardboard which is like fine but not not what you want not the wow game. factor in that but game. then there was yeah. just the six player version and we're like, oh, geez, it's just ridiculously expensive. And then they, they released uh, a few days later a four-player version yeah. of the game that we decided to back that one. And we talked about that on the last episode. But this episode, we are here to say that they canceled the Kickstarter. It had it had funded. It yeah. had done everything. And it was good to go. But I guess the designer just wasn't happy with it. And regretted a few things and decided to cancel and um, use some of the feedback he'd been given um, and opened up kind of a huge dialogue with the people, uh, the backers to, uh, to make a better version of the game. So he's going to be bringing the game back to Kickstarter, I guess soon um, and running a, a, another campaign just by t- but tweaking the game in various ways that I'm not really sure. So there's some things that were clearly bothering him about the design and that he just, there's a huge email he listed. I'm yeah. not going to read that. But. I say good for him. Like that's, hmm. I think that's got to be a very tough decision to make when you're, um, when it's not, very tough when decision. you're not being backed by a huge company, right? Like when it's yours, everything is yours. It's your, yeah. you, he did everything in that game. So yeah, he just wanted to, it to be basically perfect. He wanted yeah. it to be exactly how he wanted it and how people want it to be. And and to um, yeah to get the feedback and then be like, you know what? Okay, I'm, he must have gotten enough of the same feedback 
to open up that dialogue and to say, you know what, I want to give you guys the game that I want to give you guys. And it's not sounding yeah. like it's going to be that. So let's tweak what needs to be tweaked and get you the best game possible. Mm-hmm. And good for him, especially since he's like, it's not being canceled and then nothing's happening with it. Nope. It's like, it's going to be coming again soon. Yeah, he's definitely, he's just, you've got like a Discord server going and stuff and he's talking with everyone about yeah. various things and getting the feedback and then tweaking whatever he's going to tweak and then um, once he's happy, he's going to put it back on Kickstarter. So he's very aware that it'll fund because it yeah. funded quickly. Um, so yeah, that's, it's too bad. I was excited. Um I'll be excited again when we back yeah, it again. I'll be, we'll just keep watching for it, I suppose. <laughs> so be ready for the next update. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a fourth update on yeah. Seismic here some, sometime down the road. But yeah, that's too bad. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be there eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, I think that's our crowdfunding segment. We have a review to do and we are going to head on over there right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay-and-play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at the final segment of the episode where we are going to do another Meeple Dungeon review. review. And what are we reviewing today, Anna Marie? We are reviewing Beast, designed by Aaron Midhall, Elon Midall, and Asar Pedersen, and published by Studio Midall. Yes. Midall, Midhall. I don't That's... know if the H is silent or not. Midall. Well, Midall. I would say Midall, but... Yeah, um, well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, so Beast. Beast. Um, this is a Kickstarter we backed. Yes. Um, that arrived a couple weeks back, and we played a bunch of this game. Yes. And yeah, we want to talk about it. Um, this is a hidden movement game where it's, and it's also a one versus many. Yes. Um, and it is, the theme is really cool. Do you have a, a theme you want to read about that there? I can. Take a the quick general gander. idea. Welcome to the Northern there Expanse. <laughs> a place where nature is still unexplored, mystical, and dangerous. When the humans first arrived, they thought they had found an unspoiled paradise filled with bountiful forests, lakes teeming with fish, and cold fresh water flowing from the mountains. But as settlements expanded and the surrounding forests grew thinner, nature itself pushed back. Great creatures known as beasts emerged, and with their fangs, claws, and mystical powers, they proved an incredible threat to the humans. In order to protect their settlements, humans have enlisted specialized hunters, tasked with tracking and killing the beasts before too many of their kin perish. So, on the one versus many, uh, one player takes the role of the beast facing the others, who form a team of hunters. So you can be one versus one. Yep. Or you can have, yeah, multiple hunters versus the beast. Yep. And the beast wins when um, a certain number of settlers are dead, while the hunters win either when the beast is dead or enough days have passed and reinforcements arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that simple. Um, one of you plays as the beast, and then you're either playing against one, two, or three other people. I and- remember, um, sorry, I, just, I remember when this was on the Kickstarter and, I remember being so intrigued by it because it almost felt like it was going to feel okay no matter who won and mm-hmm. no matter who lost because it's not like a good guy versus a bad guy. It was when I was reading the description, it's like the people who were, the the humans who were moving in um, thought it was uninhabited. They had no idea that anything was there. There was no mm-hmm. notion of anything. And then all of a sudden as... You know, they were 
making their settlements, then stuff emerged. So, yep. and then the animals, like the beasts, they're like, no, uh, no, 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 trying to kick you out. Yeah. Right? So they're both kind of in like the right. There's no, way. there was nobody that was being like mean. Yeah, there was not malicious, right? right? No. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. You can kind of see it from both sides. Yeah, one's defending land, one's defending their people, and yeah, it's interesting. And their livestock and, and such. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the theme of beast so how does this play like the setup here there's a main board so depending on how many players you have uh depends on which board you play because there's a two-sided board there's one for basically four players and there's one for two or three players yeah. on the other side and it's kind of cool because the the big the four player side is just the full big map and then on the other side when you flip it over for a two or three player game it's kind of become flooded yeah and um, only parts of the map half. were kind of available. Yeah. It's really cool that the way they did that. Um, so yeah, you have a big main board that gets seeded out more or less with a whole bunch of uh, livestock um, onto a whole bunch of different kind of landscape um, spots. There's these little symbols that say like this is like a forested area, this is a marshy area, this is a rocky area, that sort of thing. And it'll tell you whether or not there's a like a goat or a pig or a bear or whatever uh, at that location. And then there's a whole bunch of kind of towns around. And those towns are going to have uh, uh, the settlers at these towns. And there's the kind of the farmer settlers. And then there's the kind of soldier settlers. Yeah. Um, and generally, there's just one of those hanging out at each um, kind of little town. And then you have your beast, which will kind of start the game in the middle of the board in this big square. Um, and yeah, so you're going to pick a beast, whoever the person is that's, uh, playing as the beast and you're going to pick whatever beast you want. And there's five or six. Of yeah, them, there's, I think there's quite six a few them, to choose from. And they're all really cool and they all have different, uh, abilities and, um, slightly different, um, ways of playing. Yeah. They have, uh, strengths and weaknesses of, of all sorts. Um, and then you also pick what's called a contract. So depending on your player count, you will pick uh, uh, the corresponding contract, but you have a few options. And these contracts are basically just like the special rules of the game that you're about to play. Um, like maybe some special win conditions or some special um, seeding out onto the board. Like you put this there or that there to switch things up or whatever. So it's kind of like some special rules you add in just to make the game a little bit different. Um, and then your beast player is also going to take kind of a mini map uh of the game board and have it in front of them with a with a what's it called when you have a thing on it the blind a blind yeah yeah so you can so no one can see what you're what you're doing and moving around um and the beast will also have uh a little deck of movement cards that um i'll tell you about in a second <laughs> And yeah, you have a little standee representing your monster that's on the board. And then you have a little peg that goes on your mini board to kind of track where you're going. I believe they're beasts. Yeah, the beast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're also going to start with a few, they're called grudges. Yes. Um, but they're more or less your currency for the game. These little yep. like token coin things that you're going to use to uh, spend to... Uh, upgrade your beast. And uh, the hunters can do the same by upgrading their... Uh, their abilities for the hunters yeah so speaking of the hunters you depending on gameplay you're also going to take um a hunter with their own little player board thing that tells you uh what their life is and the different abilities they have and everyone gets a starting set of cards so the monster or the beast gets a starting hand of four cards and the each hunter gets starting hand of three yes then, so once everyone's selected their hunters and their monsters and, and you've seeded out the board and everything's kind of where it's supposed to be, you're going to draft out action cards because yeah. this whole game is is done using cards. Yes. Um, and there's just one deck of action cards that you're going to distribute between whoever's playing and depending on how many people you have dictates how many cards you have uh given to you and then you're going to select one you're going to pass it on and and everyone's going to draft out all these different action cards once you've done that you can kind of start the game you're going to have a few starting um grudge tokens um and a hand of cards and you're going to start and basically all the drafting of the cards is done in the dawn stage of 
the game. And each round of the game is... A different day. A different day, which is... Uh, it's is broken up into broken dawn, up to, day, yeah. and night. Yes, so it's got dawn, three day, parts night. to the to the day. Three yeah. phases to the day, essentially. Yeah, and the dawn is basically the drafting and kind of setting the setup, up for the round. Yeah. The day is actually playing out your action cards. And then the night is kind of clean up, checking to see if there's wind conditions. Yeah. And so forth. Um... Yeah. So then what you do on your turn is of your hand of cards, the monster, the beast, I should say, <laughs> Thank you. always goes you. <laughs> first every round. Yeah. Um, and at the beginning, beginning of the game, the very first turn, the beast gets to do free, two free movements. Yes. And so this is where all the interesting stuff happens is the beast moves in secret. Yes. Um, so the beast has a starting point where his character, his standee goes. Yeah. And then his two free movement, he can move um, North, up east, to two. West, south. Yeah, up or to two. Not. Stay where he is. and But there are those yeah movement cards that then you, you choose the direction you're going to go. Mm-hmm. The, they have cards that say no movement, like yep. you're staying where you are. But you still, you put them down in uh, the order that you're moving so that you can always go back and check. Yeah. But yeah, so you're going to play down like if for my free two moves, if I'm playing as the monster and I want to move towards um, uh, this little town north of me because there's a, a farmer there that I want to Looks eat. Looks yummy. Um, then I would play down two north cards and play them face down. So no one knows what I did, but I, I did do two things. And then on my little player board, my little um, mini map, I'm going to take my little... Um, token and move it where it was um and that kind of shows you you know where you are on the map but yeah no one else does right yeah. so your your standee is going to stay behind as your last known sighted location yes but you're not there anymore because they just they just saw me put down two cards meaning yeah. i moved right i mean what? it's technically possible i'm still there if i played two no movement cards yes but in order for them to check that they would have to uh do some actions to find out if I'm actually at that spot yeah. or not. So Once, that's the very first, very first thing of the game is the, is the beast doing two free movements yeah. to kind of get things rolling. Once the beast has moved for his first, his first initial turn there, or the, just the initial free part of his turn, then, um, then all the hunters choose their starting locations. They yep. get to choose a town or a village that they're going to start at. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that way the beast has already moved where we're setting up isn't going to sway his movement. Nope. So, yep. So then all, everybody just selects, all the hunters select their starting spaces. And yeah, then you can start in the same towns, different towns, yeah. doesn't matter. And then gameplay like. begins. Yeah. And how do you play? So on your turn, all those cards you drafted and all those starting cards that you had are going to come into play here where on your turn you can play up to two cards. Each card has either a kind of a red uh, symbol symbol or a blue symbol on the yeah. card. And every turn you can play a, one red and or one blue card. Yeah. That's it. And those cards are going to do all sorts of things. They're going to move you around the board. They're, They're going to let, let you attack, attack things. <laughs> They're going to let you search areas to see, oh, is the monster here? The beast. Um, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, uh, it allows you to gain uh, the grudge tokens to yeah. uh, upgrade things and kind of gain other special items because for the for the hunters hunters they have, they have a what's called the hunter item deck where you there's a little tableau of items that you can purchase uh, that are cards that you'll add to your hand and they do various things for you and the beast Same has thing the, for the beast the beastly talents yes the beastly talent cards so the beast can use their tokens to buy those cards and add them to their hand and they do all sorts of crazy things for them and so yeah on your turn uh you're gonna play these these cards one or both a red and a blue yeah you can play up to two well unless a card tells you otherwise yeah, you might get lucky but, and be yeah able to play more but but um you can play yeah one or both of the kinds, like yep. a red and a blue, a red or a blue. Yep. Yeah. And then it's on to the next person. And uh, you always start every round with the beast. And then you go clockwise around the table um, until everyone has played all their actions mm-hmm. or everyone's passed in, uh, what's it, succession? Is that the right word? Yeah. Um, so if everyone's passed all in a row, that ends the round. Um, and you'll do that. You'll kind of work through your hand. You're going to slowly play your cards out and you're going to try to narrow down where the beast is by searching locations. 
Um, the beast might show him, uh, show itself somewhere because every time it attacks or eats an animal or eats uh, a farmer or a soldier, it, it reveals its location. Right. Um, and then uh, the hunters are, are sprinting in that direction. Hopefully, if they have some cards that allow them for some decent movement to get over there and try and try and at least narrow down where the beast is, because once the beast moves again, it goes slips back into the into the darkness. Yes. Um, and if you if any hunter ever cross paths with uh, where the, 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 the beast, beast has moved through at any point in the game, the beast has to put down this little track token showing a footprint saying, yeah, I was there at one point. Yes, I have and I might even be spot. there right now. Yeah. But in order for you to find out, you're going to have to search this area. Yeah. But you can kind of try to narrow down and kind of find up where the path is going and so forth. And you're trying to kill the beast, really. So, um, again, with the contract thing that you you chose at the beginning of the game, there will be slightly different wind conditions on yes. each side. Like, um, But overall, you're trying to slay the beast, and the beast is trying to eat a certain amount of settlers right. uh, for the win. So once you go through a round, and everyone's played out their cards, now everyone's passed... Um, you go into the night phase and that's where you're going to check um, wind conditions. Did, did, uh, did anyone win first and foremost? Mm-hmm. Um, also did, did anyone fulfill these kind of, um, they have like a first night, second night um, rewards. rewards. So yeah. if you, for the hunters say, for example, if they killed uh, like two sheep or a boar, then they would get to, they would get a specific reward. And that's specific. That's not for every game. That's for this specific right. contract. Yeah, there could be yeah eating certain amount. Oh, of sorry, animals. that was the beast, not the hunters. If the beast did that, yeah, they would get the reward. Or like the hunter, maybe if they did, they might just get one randomly. If or, or if like no soldiers were killed or no farmers yeah. were killed. There's or... little, there's little things you can work towards to to gain a reward at the end of the night. Or like if you've injured the beast, sometimes you can get yeah. a reward. And then you might get some tokens, or you might get. You know, there's various things you can get for yeah. rewards if you've successfully done any of these things. And you check to see if you've done any of those things. And then you move on and you start a new day. You go to the dawn and you do the same thing again. You, you hand in all the cards and you do the redrafting. At, at the night phase too, you might have said this, but if you have grudges, you can upgrade your oh, board. Oh yeah, that's when you can upgrade. You yeah. can also upgrade at certain other times, but more or less, m- almost all of your upgrading is done at the end of the night phase. Yeah. And so they'll have special things like if you have a certain amount of grudges, you can pay them and make it so maybe you get all of your attacks do two damage instead yeah, of one. Yeah, that's a huge one for it's the monsters, huge. for the beasts. Yeah. yeah. And so, or or maybe every time for the hunters, every time somebody, like one of the hunters hunts, you get to move a space. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. So that can be a, a huge thing too, that mm-hmm. if you're playing with multiple people, that like every time somebody hunts, you can... It's move. A, it's yeah. Uh, so they have different little things you can upgrade, but you have to have enough have to have enough grudges, and those are they're not easy. They're to not come easy by. to come by. Um, you can get them, but yeah, they're they're not mm-hmm. easy to come by. Um, and they're yeah. Each each player, each character has a whole different array of upgrades they can do. So lots of different things going on at that point. So once everyone's maybe spent some tokens and upgraded themselves, then you go back. If no one's won the game, you go back to dawn, you redraft out the cards. Yeah. Um, and then you start again. And again, the beast goes first and the beast is probably going to move and try to lose. You. But this time to move, he has to actually use one of his cards. He doesn't get the, the free movement in the. Yes, there's no only that free movement at the very yeah. beginning of the game. Right now, it's just. It's just card play. But chances are he revealed himself at the end of the last day. So yep. he's got to move to try yeah, to get away on, on like the next day. Fairly decent idea where the beast is at. And they have to move or else you're going to you're going to yeah. get on top of them. Right. And um, yeah, you're going to keep doing this over and over. I shouldn't say over and over because there's only depending Three. on what contract you've picked at the beginning of the game dictates how many days there are yeah. for you to accomplish what you need to accomplish to win. Whereas in this one, on the on the final night, if the monst the beast hasn't killed X amount of the settlers, the hunters win. Yes. So the the beast knows in, by the end of the third night they have to accomplish their goal or they're going to lose. Yeah. Whereas the 
settlers or the hunters don't need to necessarily kill the beast to win because that's this particular concept. They just have to keep the... They have to keep the other people alive. Yeah, which right? is... So yeah. there's... Yeah, so there's that. So on these two and three player games, I think it's three rounds you go through. You're going to do this whole scenario three times, potentially. Um, we, in our experience, usually this gets wrapped up somewhere in the second yes. day, one way or the other, <laughs> where yeah. the beast either gets slain or the beast has eaten a whole bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's really the game. It's it's trying to stay hidden if you're the beast um, and outwit your opponent and slide around and and backtrack and lose the get them to lose the scent and you pop up somewhere else where they're and they're way over out of position and then you go on a little little tirade and yeah. eat a bunch of people and then slip back into the darkness and try to not leave too much of a trail yeah whereas the hunters it's just like desperation trying to find this thing and try to slay it before it eats too many people and yeah that's how it works yeah so I think that's a fairly decent explanation. Yep. It's not, there's not too much difficult to it. It's just a lot of cards that you play to move around and do actions. Yeah. And uh, try to stay hidden if you're the monster. Yep. The beast. <laughs> um, so that's how it plays. Um, let's revisit the theme. Does the theme uh, lend well to this game? That was a very interesting theme. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. uh, the board represents the theme very well like the art the way yep the, the theme comes through it does for sure yeah yeah um i think it's a fine theme to to use for a hidden movement game yeah um where yeah you're a monster that's trying to hide from a beast a beast from <laughs> trying to hide and and pop up and eat some yeah some livestock or some some settlers and yeah. then all livestock to them right the hunters trying to hunt right so yeah they're trying to pick up the trail and move yeah. through so i think the theme works really well yeah. um so yeah theme theme i liked and, and i think I, I think the theme is in your face because you're like it's your action cards all yeah. have to do with the theme like they're so yes. that's that definitely keeps it front of mind when you're playing yep so theme good i liked it yeah really like the theme so artwork you just mentioned it Artwork's awesome. I really like the artwork in this. Yeah. I love the kind of muted colors. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes sense for the state mm-hmm. of the game. It, it really brings you, I think, into what they they were trying to portray. Yes, yeah, some like of kind of dark and some of the artwork reminds me of the um, Ryan Lockett games. Yeah, um, like the Sleeping Gods and stuff. The Sleeping Gods and, and such. It's a little um, a little darker. Like a little more, maybe dreary, yeah. But still bright colors, but like they they look like you know it's it's rough out there, right? yeah. Like there's yeah. rust and dirt and mud and sort of almost bloody in ways, but also they're the stuff that they're wearing is like got bright colors, um, in in some spots, yeah. right? Like some of their armor will have like bright blue on it, but then like rusty brown in other spots. Yeah. And things like that. So, like, I don't know. It's a cool artwork. It's cool. Yeah. I like it a lot. Me too. The the beasts particularly look really good. And they're all very different, which I really yeah, like. There's the hog. Uh, there's the frog. There's the hydra. The there's the wolf. There's the kind of, like, shrieking bat Banshee lady, or something. Banshee. Yeah. Um, there's, like, there are a bunch of them. They yeah. look really good. Artwork's great. And actually, when we opened this because we had the kickstarter we got some of the artwork yeah um that you're able to frame yeah and uh like hang on the wall so some of these uh beasts or yeah we'll be able to frame and put up in here which is pretty cool so artwork really good um components pretty good yeah overall um i have all the sheep and Mm -hmm. pigs and bears and stuff are nice wooden uh little meeples um that have the etching yep. on them the uh the one that bothers me <laughs> that is that i just i find it doesn't fit is the soldier i don't um like they, they've got the soldier and it looks almost like out of this uh, american civil war yeah it does look like, like a civil war yeah. and it just that that one little <laughs> meeple just doesn't seem to fit the time 
like the era of the game. He does look a little strange. He looks out of place. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just like, oh, they actually have a soldier meeple. But it just doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem to fit with the, the yeah, I think you're right. The feel of the game. Quite. The farmers don't look bad. Yeah, um, I could, I could, I could take the farmers as just the soldier for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It just seems out of place, especially I think when you're looking at the hunters and what the hunters are wearing yeah. and and their clothing, and it just to me, and then the artwork for the beasts. Yeah, that like the hunter soldier look, just looks out of place. These guys kind of look straight out of like Tolkien, right? Like, yeah, they just the hunters and characters look like yeah. very much Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. Whereas where some have leather armor, some have like some metal armor, leather, some, some have, have iron, some have yeah, steel, some have feathers. Like it's yeah, it's neat. It and so they have, uh, like uh, animal hide attached to them. Like it's almost Game of Thronesy, right? Yeah. It's just, um, but yeah, and then that kind of that that guy kind of does just look the like little meeple. a Civil War soldier because it doesn't seem yeah. to really have any bearing on the game either. So yeah. that's where, yeah. Anyways, but it's a very minor. It's a thing. very minor thing. It's just something to me that just mm-hmm. sticks out because it seems out of place. Yep. But the component itself is very nice. It's a good quality. It's a very cool sure. mini. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, they all are mini. Um, meeple. Uh, meeple. Yeah. But yeah, like the the quality of the board is really nice. Mm-hmm. I, like the two sided board. Two sided board. Yeah. Um, the cards are nice quality. Dual layer player boards. Yeah. Dual layer player boards are really nice. Uh, the mini map. So, um, here's one, here's one negative here. So I'd say this is one, um, area of improvement that could be just made a, like, if they were to like a, re-release. A yeah. It's something so simple. So with the mini, the mini board, it's really great. For the beast. For the beast. They have a little mini map, right? Where they, Which they is keep awesome. track of where they're at with this little peg and no one can see it, but they know where they're it's, at. Yeah. But it, it, they basically told us in the rule book that you're just to do this by memory, knowing where you've been, which is not so, possible because not really. So because no. when Unless players are moving around like on this that. board, if I move on, say you're a hunter, right. And you yep. move on to this spot right here. I have to, as the beast player, be able to tell you whether I've been there or not. Yeah. And if I have been, I have to put down one of my track tokens. But it's almost impossible to remember exactly where you've been through the game, especially later on in the game. Like, man, did I did I step on there? I can't really remember. You could look back through all the cards that you played, all the movement cards that you yeah. played. But that's ridiculous. For example, in on the 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 four player board, there are four different cities in one or in not cities, but like areas. Right there, one area has twenty one different locations in it so if we estimate that there are 20 in each Mm -hmm. that's 80 different locations that you can potentially go on there might not be that many but give or take something like that yeah even if it's 70 like that's a lot and you're not going to get to all of them but if you have to remember every location you're going next to impossible and backtracking you're going to make mistakes and that's going to throw off the game so we were thinking like, so why wasn't the mini map, why didn't the mini map have a dry erase element to it where you could yeah. put a little dot every time you stepped on a, a place saying that, yeah, I've definitely been there. So, cause if someone, then when people ask you, have you been to this location? You just look at your mini map. Yeah. I have a dot on that one. I was there. Yeah. I may be there now. I may not be. That might've been a long time ago, but I was there. So what we did is we, we cut out a piece of. So we have a laminating machine, just a little yeah. one, and we laminated just a plain sheet. laminating sheet. So it was just clear. Yeah. And then we cut it to fit the board and mm-hmm. cut out the little um, the little spot for the blind to sit in. Mm-hmm. And so we've got just this clear laminating piece on top so we can take a dry erase marker yeah. and mark where it goes. And just put a little dab every time you've stepped somewhere with the dry erase it's, yeah. it's clear as day so why that wasn't in from the beginning i don't know and that it's already a, a dual layered board because they have the indent for the blind yeah, to go up so those all the areas could have even been indented if they wanted you to be able to put all the little yeah but that would have been fiddly and easy to knock over so having the dry erase just yeah it, there's no way that that shouldn't have been part of this in my opinion yeah. it's kind of like a or or have um instead of having uh have the the cardboard there, but then have like a notepad with terrible pa- pages, something, right? Where you can actually physically mark it. Memory. Yeah. And this is a very simple thing we did yeah. that made all the difference. So that was a bit of a misfire for sure. So we'd highly recommend that you go out and do what we did. Yeah. Um and get a piece of laminate, put it over top so it's clear and that you can mark where you've been. 
Yeah. Makes things way easier. So that's that. Um, <laughs> then there are some other components. There's some uh, cardboard tokens, which are really nice. Yeah, the grudges, the yep. health markers. Um, there's these little towers that kind of annoy me. So there's... We'll the, just have to glue them. The little watchtowers. Um, there's some items you can get, which are these watchtowers. And you put them out on the board and they kind of illuminate various the four directions the around them you. yeah um but they they're just a typical little um standee thing and the little standee uh cross piece that you put on to make it stand up uh falls out of most of them yeah and it's like just annoying where they they don't really uh, squeeze tightly together yeah um but you could just put a little dab of glue but yeah. either Fixable, way it still but annoys me yeah because all the all the player pieces are are exactly the same mm-hmm. like they're the the beasts and the hunters they've all got the same where you just fit the two pieces together but yep. they stick nicely they've never no nope. they it's don't just fall these apart towers. it's just the watchtowers um, yeah that kind of the the feet fall off of it but yeah yeah and then the, well they yeah the standees are fine yeah. um we didn't get the version that had the acrylic standees nope. we just have the cardboard ones yeah and they're just fine yeah um and yeah so that's basically all the components um so we talked artwork we talked components let's talk rule book uh this rule book is pretty good i learned you this learned one. this one yeah um and the rule book was pretty good i watched a couple videos as i usually do just to confirm things um and there was a couple of good videos out there including one from studio Medal uh themselves that i guess was part of the kickstarter campaign kind of explaining things but no it it's a uh, rule book is pretty good and there's a couple of great videos out there to clarify anything that you uh, might not know. So, I guess we can talk about whether or not we recommend this game. And if we do, who for? What do you think? I like the game. Um, I found that I played mostly as the hunter. Mm-hmm. And then I played as the beast. And I was stressful for both of them. <laughs> so if you're looking for a relaxing game, this is probably not the right one. Nope. Um, I found that I feel like in general, I've gotten a pretty good handle on my AP issue. I yep. feel like I don't usually sit there and pour over my moves and what am I going to do? But I found that it came back in this game mm-hmm. when I was, particularly when I was the beast, when I was playing as the hunter, I was not as concerned. I was just kind of going sometimes I'd be like, Oh, what am I going to do? But in general, as the hunter, I could, mm-hmm. I could just play. But when I was playing as the beast, I was, I was thinking of all sorts of things and, and, you weren't paying attention to what I was doing back nope. there. Like you're not cheating or looking, but I'm nope. paranoid being like, it's going to see which way my fingers move or, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's something people could try and but do, that, but that's against, don't do that. I wasn't, it was more just, I also poured over the cards like, Oh, what do I do? Where do I move? Mm-hmm. And I, and I thought about it too much. So, but then again, I didn't play the beast as much as I played the hunters. So with yep. more plays and I don't, whenever we do the hidden movement games, you tend to like to be, the one moving mm-hmm. so i don't usually play that side of them so for me that that could have been part of it but i found that i was taking quite a while to make my moves um so i probably extended our play a little bit yeah. so if you have people who are trouble with ap i don't disrec i don't not recommend the game but maybe don't have them be the beast <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. somebody who doesn't have issues with ap can be the hunters at least until they get into it but. Yeah, we played this with two, three, and four players, and uh, two players was fun, um, but was like, okay, this this needs more. Yeah. And uh, three players was really good. Yeah. I loved playing, uh, I played as the Beast there in the three-player game, and you and Kurt were, it was, yeah. I liked three the best, because the two of you were able to sit there and kind of deliberate on yeah. everything, and be like, okay, well, if you move there, then I move here, we can kind of cover this kind of ground. Yeah. I think with a, a third hunter might become a little too much. Um, that so, being said, when we played the four-player game, it was the two of us. Yeah, right? I ran three hunters. You, you ran three hundred. Yeah. So it's definitely the thing you that was... two people discussing the right? scenario. That was nice. It, yeah. And it was fun because then you're still... You have that engagement and the yeah. hunter gets to sit there and just laugh and chuckle and listen and be like, hey, hey, hey. They're, 
they're off my trail or maybe they're right on top of me or the beast. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. Whereas the hunters are like, no, I think he was going to go here. Do you think so? What should we do? And so they might be taking their time, but it's a fun interaction and it's Mm -hmm. fun listening to their the thought process is going between and having somebody to bounce it off. So three, yeah, was a lot of fun. And I think four would have been as well if we had multiple players. Mm -hmm. Um, I, we wanted to see what it was like playing on the, the, the bigger board, the big board, like the big map, which was good. I did enjoy that map. Yeah. Um, But but I did, I think uh, three players is probably the sweet spot for this one. Um, And yeah, I liked, it was very good hidden movement game. Yeah. Um, I really like hidden movement games. Uh, I really like uh, Captain Jack, uh, Captain Jack, Mr. Jack. Yes. Um, yeah. And I really like uh, mind management. And we have um, the letters uh, from Whitechapel, but we haven't played that yet. Right. We just got that one recently. Yeah. And yeah. we also are, I really want to track down the Fury of Dracula. Oh my Dracula. goodness. Yes. I know that that's kind of a unicorn game, but either way, like I really like hidden movement games. I think yeah. they're a lot of fun. And this one was a good one. Yeah. Is this the best one out there? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But um, it was very good. I liked yeah. it a lot. And they do say like on the back of the rule book, it says... We designed Beast to be a game for you to slowly master over time, mm-hmm. learning new interactions, synergies, and strategies each time you play. And I 100% agree with that. Yeah, this one... It it definitely... You need a lot of plays. You have to understand yeah. what the cards do, which one to draft, which one not to. Yes. What Which one's most important to get this card while you... Or, like, or do you need an equal amount of them? Right, and, do we need equal yeah. amount of movement and attack and search? Do, or do certain I, cards know? work better with so, certain hunters? And yeah. does the beast... There's a lot yeah. to... A lot to, to master in the figure game. Figure out for yeah. sure. There's, there's, yeah, you could, you could sit here and kind of, yeah, master it. But I liked it a lot. Me too. I do recommend it. If you like hidden movement, this is definitely really solid. Um, and yeah, that's about all I can say. Yeah. It's a really good production. Uh, cool theme and just a really solid hidden movement game. So if you like that kind of stuff, it's great. And it's relatively quick. Um, Unless you have AP. Yeah. But overall, <laughs> it's just like three nights and you're done. But yeah, it's really. not, it doesn't drag on. It is a very nicely paced game. Yeah. It seems like, it seems quick when you're playing actually, because if you're, if you're the beast, you're almost like, can this just be over now? Because mm. you want to win. But as the hunter, you're like, I got to get it now. I got to get him. So it, it kind of builds up, I think, the emotion and the feeling that they're they're trying to portray in the game. I think it comes through very it does. well. It's stressful and yeah. fun. I like it. Yeah. It's a good one. So thumbs up from both of us here for yeah. Beast from Studio Middles. But uh, yeah, I think that's it. We're going to call that an episode. So you can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. Uh, our email is themeepledungeon at gmail.com. Um, and... Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of games here to play. We're not sure what we're going to do next, but we will play something soon. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh, hopefully get an episode out in about a week. So we're going to run, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.